Warning for this episode of Two Pans in a Pod, we are going to discuss things like suicide mm-hmm. in this one. We're also going to talk about sociopathy and abusive relationships. And we are going to use the F slur. We are going to have a quasi-academic discussion of the F slur, but it does get a little gratuitous in there. So, And we're also going to talk about toxic families. That's all coming up on this episode of Two Pans in a Pod. Two Pans in a Pod. Welcome to episode three of Two Pans in a Pod. Two Pans in a Pod. <laughs> so glad we have built-in jingles. Yes, always. <laughs> this is my co-host Kit. They use they-them pronouns. Hello, this is my co-host Dave. They use they-he pronouns. Hello. Coming up on this episode of the podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about your trusted found family, mm-hmm. the people with whom you are your most true self. Yes, and then we're going to talk a little bit about fluidity, changing your mind, changing your pronoun, changing your names, etc. Queer reclamation is also on the docket, taking words and actions back. Mm-hmm. And first and foremost, we're going to get caught up in what we did this week. And just do a little catch-up session. Awesome. That's all coming up on this episode of Two Pans in a Pod. Jingle? Two Pans in a Pod. Wow. <laughs> Hello, Kit. Hi, Dave. How's your week been? My week has been. Yeah, me Time too. marches inexorably <laughs> onwards. <laughs> I, I've been working two jobs this week. Yeah, I know. Um, There was a money thing, and and we had to make money a priority for a short time. I hate doing that, but, you know, you got to. Capitalism is going (laughs) to (laughs) capitalism. That's true. Yes. Coker's going to coke. Correct. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I I worked the regular requisite 40 hours in, in the cannabis job. Uh, and then I also did another like 30 hours of rideshare driving this week. Mm, that's disgusting. It's, it is disgusting, except that I do enjoy the rideshare. I mean, it's A, air-conditioned, which we've needed here this week. Yes. <laughs> B, I like talking to people mm-hmm. and meeting people, and I meet a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And C, it's an easy enough way to make money if I'm going to be in my car. I like being in the car anyway. See, and that's, I hate being in the car and I hate, I hate driving. I don't necessarily hate being in the car. So when I became a paramedic, my mom was like, you get car sick and you hate people. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. It was a great career for me. I got to tell you a story though about the rideshare thing. Please. Can I? Um, I got a call to pick up, uh, you get the person's name and a little icon of a picture that you can't really see who they are. Uh, But it said David on the app so i was headed over to pick up david and when i got there my spidey sense started tingling (laughs) i thought i should introduce myself with my pronouns and the reason i thought this is because this wonderful person this wonderful young man had a great big rainbow bag with him um just and i don't want to ascribe presentation at all to things but there was just something about the way that this young man carried himself that made me think perhaps I should introduce myself with my pronouns so as soon as they got into my car I said hi I'm Dave I use they he pronouns and I was looking in my rearview mirror and you should have seen his eyes light up (laughs) (laughs) he was so excited to share he was able to say 
I use he, him pronouns. Oh. And it was a really ma- marvelous thing. Um, I asked if I could follow him on TikTok. Oh, that's because <laughs> I skipped a part of that story. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next question from his mouth was, I don't mean to be nosy, but do you have a TikTok account? <laughs> and I said, yes, I do. And he said, I've been following you for almost a year. So, Aww. yeah, he was very excited. And then I asked if I could follow him back. That's so sweet. So, now we're friends on TikTok. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. That's such a sweet way to declare a safe space to introduce yourself with your pronouns. And I always do that on the first day of the class mm-hmm. um, that I'm teaching every term. I introduce myself with my pronouns. And most of my students don't respond in kind. But every once in a while, someone will say, oh, I'm so-and-so. I use this and that pronoun. And it's really nice. It's a good way to like give a nod of the hat. I thought it was really appropriate, especially after, I think it was the day after we released our second episode where we were talking about how to mm-hmm. ask about pronouns. And the easiest way, of course, is to introduce yourself with your own pronouns. Yes. And they will take the cue. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. I thought it was fun. That's very fun. I love that. That's so, so sweet. Any good news from the realm of Kit this week? Yeah, so a couple things. Um, so one of my very best friends in the entire world is getting married in like 30 days. And I am a member of the bridal party. And it's really interesting because it is a same-sex wedding. Mm -hmm. We have a number of people in the bridal party who are members of the Alphabet Mafia in some form or another. I think most of us are. (laughs) And the wedding was postponed because of COVID. And it's been really interesting for me because I don't really know where on the gender spectrum I'm going to fall tomorrow let alone six months from now. Right. So picking an outfit has been extremely complicated. And so finally yesterday I texted the maid of honor and I was like, hey, can you help me out? I'm having some problems. And so I sent her pictures of what I had. I had some partial outfits put together. The colors are not something I normally wear. So Mm -hmm. I am struggling to find something. And we ended up texting back and forth for about an hour And I ordered something from Thailand, which should be here. They express shipped it for the wedding. So it should be here in the next like week and a half. And so that's done. And hopefully it fits. And I don't have to do this whole thing again. Returning Um, to Thailand would be a bit of a... God, I'll just sell it. Give it to someone. (laughs) Give it to my mom. Um, And then kind of the other big news going on lately is that yesterday I took to the Instagram where I pop in and out for hits of dopamine once in a while. And I have officially announced that in October, my perfume company will be opening. Yay! Yeah. So Pacific Northwest Perfume will be on the books in October. We'll be open for business. So I'm sure I'll be applying a little bit more of that here once I get my website set up and get things ready for the launch sure but yeah i'm really excited oh that's awesome that's great for those of you who don't know and don't follow kit on tiktok they have posted several videos of themselves making perfumes and telling stories while doing so Mm -hmm. and that's one of the reasons i asked them to be a part of this podcast but not the only reason Uh uh-huh sure (laughs) you only want me for my perfume i do want you for your scents your common sense. Okay. Thank you. That's the requisite dad joke for the day. Perfect. Thank oh, you. Oh, except for the other one. I've got one more dad joke for you. 
<laughs> dare I ask? Yeah, you. Well, no, you don't have a choice. Well, okay, good. I'm, I'm sorry. No, consent. May I tell you a dad joke? Please do. <laughs> uh, what do you call a fish with no eyes? What? Fish. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredibly dumb. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. And now you're caught up with Kit and Dave. Two pans in a pod. So on today's episode, there were a few things that we had talked about talking about. And one of the things that I have covered a lot in my TikToks was found family. Mm. Um, not because I have a terribly unsupportive family right now, uh, but because I have grown to trust and love so many wonderful people in this community in my coming out process. Mm. And I've found those people who are safe to be myself around and those who are not that I can draw the boundaries around. Mm -hmm. Um, and the more I'm on TikTok, the more I've also discovered people who don't have that support structure. Um, I talk about my mom all the time. She's one of my biggest heroes. Um, she, <laughs> she lived with my dad for 20 years, um, as, and he was a, a gay man uh, in the closet, in, you know, trying to use Mormonism to cure himself. And, um, and her struggles with that, just trying to find out who she is and establish her identity through all of that. Um, Dad wasn't always the kindest person to her, uh, yet they became really close friends in his later years. Um, I'm really fortunate to have a supportive family, um, and it breaks my heart when I hear of those who don't. Um, I ran into a person this week who didn't, mm. um, and without mentioning names, they were talking to me about the struggles not only had they had with family members accepting their identity uh, and their presentation, um, but also members of the public just being out in public, challenging them or or saying face to face or saying to their face, "You are not the gender you say you are," mm -hmm. and that just it breaks my heart for those people. Um, what? What do you do when confronted with that, and to whom do you run when you need support? That's a really difficult subject, and it's such a personal journey for everyone. Um, I have fairly recently made a non-binary friend who is on the younger side. Mm -hmm. uh, they're in their early 20s, and they're very early in their gender journey, and they lost most of their biological family when they came out and started living their truth. And so they are currently trying to build a network of found family. And it's really hard, um, especially I think in times of COVID, we don't have these public gatherings. Mm -hmm. We don't have a physical pride festival. We don't have, there used to be a bi-weekly transgender support group in Bend and that isn't meeting because COVID. 
And it's difficult to network. And I think one of the more beautiful things about the internet that I've seen about Tumblr and about TikTok and other websites like that is that it allows a connection, even if it's a tenuous connection, you can find other people like you Mm -hmm. and understand that you're not alone on this rock hurtling through space. There are other people like you. And I think that's something that your TikTok does for so many people, for a quarter of a million people, (laughs) is it shows them I'm not alone in this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I've, I've received a lot of comments uh, privately and, and in my TikTok comment section that seeing me be my true self has given other people courage to try new things, whether it's um, a young, usually mask-presenting person now trying makeup for the first time or a dress, a, you know, a skirt or something like that. Um, I watched a, a young boy today probably seven or eight with the help of mom trying on a new shade of purple lipstick today because the last shade of purple wasn't purple enough, Mm -hmm. apparently. (laughs) I get tagged in these lovely videos. Um, But on that same note, with, with the internet and with the... I've been made to feel very welcome there as well. But I have to be mindful of the ability for the wrong types of influences to find me there as well. Mm -hmm. There can almost be kind of a cult, like one of us, one of us sort of feeling to some of those people, those connections that you make with found family. And Mm -hmm. I just want to caution, especially young people brand new to their queer journey, to be careful of the groups and or individuals that you choose as your found family. Absolutely. And that's, I find that uh, abusive biological families like to throw around the phrase, blood is thicker than water. And the origin of that phrase is the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. That's the origin of that phrase. Wow. Your link with your found family has the potential to be stronger than the bond you ever shared with your birth family. And being cautious of the people that you choose to make that covenant with, the people that you bring into your found family, the people that you devote yourself to, it's easy to get caught up in a cult of personality Mm -hmm. type of situation. And I've been seeing a lot of concern in academic circles because I work in academia and I'm, I'm fairly entrenched in that world I'm seeing some concern about the cult vulnerability of Gen Z mm-hmm. and I think that when you're already a marginalized identity or standing at the intersection of multiple marginalized identities it's easy to get sucked in to dangerous situations sometimes And so it's interesting to me to see kind of this academic concern rising up. And I certainly have a lot of concern about the, uh, the gabies and the queerlings Mm -hmm. in my life that may be more cult vulnerable than I was at that age because of how Gen Z has been socialized, how they've been raised, um, the types of technology that they grew up with. Sure. You know, I, the internet was not a widespread thing when I was young. 
right? No. We weren't as plugged in at such an early age. And while I think that has the potential to be wonderful and beautiful, there is also potential for abuse there. Of course. Yeah. As with any, anything, really. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Pardon me. <clears throat> one, of, one of the things that, um, that I often watch out for is, is the instant best friending of everyone you meet that might sort of be like you, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I know that Gen Z throws around the term bestie a lot as just kind of a term of endearment, mm-hmm. um, but careful with that, too. There's an expression called love bombing that hopefully a lot of our listeners, I almost said readers, hopefully a lot of our listeners are aware of. But um, I was in a relationship with a sociopath for about a year and a half, and it was very abusive and very scary, and getting out was very scary. Mm And looking back at that relationship, one of the things that this person did very early on was love bombing, which is the application of a very thick layer of, gosh, you're amazing. You're such an incredible person. I love you so much. You make me feel so good about myself. Wow. And, and it makes you feel really good. Sure. All those dopamine triggers. Exactly. Yeah. And they're just pouring them on. And then they also did this thing where they were crafting artificial connections between us. So um, things that were really just coincidences, mm. making them seem like more sure. than coincidences. And later it came out that this person had lied to me about having been stationed in Germany because I had lived in Italy near a military base. And so they like crafted this false connection with me. Wow. Mm-hmm. And um, that love bombing is very dangerous. Mm -hmm. And so that I'm always suspicious of that instant bestie, that instant, um, let me share all my secrets with you. Yeah. Let's build this intimacy right now. (laughs) And while I have experienced genuine connections with people that were similar to that, in retrospect, this one was different and it felt different. Yeah. And I ignored that. Because it made me feel good. Because it feels really good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So uh, to all my, my lovely nibblings listening, please just do be careful. But also, your genetic family is not the end-all, be-all of your existence. It's okay to draw boundaries and to even let go of those who are the most toxic. My own... Family members have had to do that with other family members and let go of them. Some people who are very close to them um, because of the toxicity involved. That is not, if you are made to feel less than in your home environment, please know that that is, you don't have to be there forever. Mm -hmm. And even if you're stuck right now, it, it does get better. The It Gets Better project was hugely important to me in high school uh, when I was trying to figure out who I was and what I was doing in this universe. And I still show uh, the Laverne Cox video for It Gets Better in one of my classes, in one of my lectures. And uh, it sounds like a platitude and it sounds like something you would find on a Hallmark card, but it really does get better when you get out and you find your family. It does. Um, one of the, the, 
resources that I stumbled, uh, not stumbled upon. I'd known about it before. I was doing more research today on, on self-care and actually on uh, trigger warning on, uh, we'll put this at the beginning of the show, but mm-hmm. we're going to talk a little bit about suicide right now. Mm-hmm. There was a, a TikTok that I made earlier this week that dealt with that topic. Um, the Trevor Project, mm-hmm. hugely important, um, especially to queer youth. If you are in crisis at all, and I don't have the number in front of me, I was trying to get it up here. Um, there is a number you can call um, if you are in crisis and need to talk to somebody right now. Um, it's coming up here, 866, oh, I just lost it, 866-488-7386. Um, and go to the website, the trevorproject.org the trevorproject.org there's all the resources there as well um and 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 i only mention that again because if you're having issues with family if you're having issues with your own self-identity whatever it is this is a great organization with uh, 24-hour help here in the united states Mm -hmm. you can also text through trevor text if you text start to 678678 and they also have a chat box available on their website, thetrevorproject.org, where you can type back and forth with someone in a, in a chat room type environment. And for someone like me who hates talking on the phone, texting is a lot easier for me. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, we had a little question uh, last week. You had asked me about the order of my pronouns. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I had reordered them, yes, and you were wondering if that was an official thing or just a slip up. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate you asking because it has changed a lot in the last several months for me. Um, I used to say that I was strictly a he him. Uh, then I accepted he they or she, mm-hmm. um, and now I'm really more kind of drawn towards they in the primary position and he in the secondary. She is just kind of whenever I'm feeling pretty and need to talk about me in the third person usually. Mm-hmm. Oh, who is she? <laughs> who is she? Mm-hmm. Who invited her? Mm, yes, all of that. Um, and uh, I was really thinking that people were going to get tired of me changing my mind. I was having a lot of anxiety over that. Mm-hmm. I've changed my pronoun order, I would say, at least a half dozen times on TikTok, on my bio. Mm-hmm. And I was worried about getting policed for that, called out for that somehow. Never happened. Not at all. Um, is that something that you've run into? Absolutely. So it's very common for people to change their mind, change their pronouns, change their names. I know several transgender people who have been through a bunch of names just to find what fits. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also important to remember that it's not always a journey with an end. So for some people, it is a journey of self-discovery. Sure. Especially when finding a name. Uh Uh, And so a lot of people will try on different names and then settle on a permanent name. But journeys like that and journeys with pronouns don't have to be permanent. Gender is a fluid social construct. And as your self-concept changes through your life and your life stages, 
you may also find that your self-concept of gender changes. The pronouns you want to use may change. The name that you want to use may change. Or it may change on a more regular basis for some of us that are in the more fluid part of the spectrum. <laughs> so for me, I joke about I never know what my gender is going to be tomorrow. I settled on they, them because I didn't want to change my pronouns every day. Because otherwise I think I would. Well, there's a law against that, isn't there? Only in certain states. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, and that's just the thing, is there's mm -hmm. no, there's nothing in the world that says you can't do that on a daily basis. No, and if people are trying to externally police your gender or your pronouns, even and perhaps especially when it is coming from within the community, <sighs> it's very important to remember nobody else understands your self-concept but you. Nobody gets to understand... Nobody gets to police the way that you present yourself, the way that you use your pronouns, the way that you change your name or change your presentation. That is up to you. That's a very personal journey, and nobody gets to tell you how to do that. It has been a real journey for me just in my external presentation in the last nine months. Mm -hmm. um, I have had a job in the past where... You know, a traditional dress and a traditional presentation is expected. I was an innkeeper at a very quaint little inn here. I had a very older clientele, very conservative clientele. And so I formed my presentation towards my job a lot. When I was free from that, um, and I knew that I wasn't going to return to that setting for quite some time, it freed me it was amazing the, the burden it took off my shoulders, first off, and the dysphoria that I lost <laughs> almost immediately. But just being able to do things like dress the way I want to dress, color my hair the way I want to color my hair, and do all of that. And it may not be the same tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It's it's very purple today. <laughs> Could be something else tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Who cares? Um, and I love the idea that my fluidity is my own. Absolutely. <sighs> hey, Kit. Hey, Dave. I think you're queer. What the fuck's that supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. I think I think you're a wonderful, wonderfully queer person. Thank you. I'm very queer in more than one sense of the word. <laughs> Multiple, manifold. Did, did did that word trigger you at all? No. No. It doesn't no. me either. That is that is actually my. I mean, when people ask how I identify, depending on the audience, I mean, you know, mm -hmm. of course, it's it's either bi with an asterisk, pansexual, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> with with a long explanation usually, <laughs> yeah, of what that is, or I just say I'm queer, mm -hmm. and that has made some queers uncomfortable. Correct. <laughs> queer is a really interesting term, and so. A little bit of background on me. I have a bachelor's of science in liberal studies with an emphasis on psychology, sociology, anthropology, and drumroll, queer studies. I studied queer studies <laughs> in college. That's what we called it. Now, I studied queer studies with several LGBTQ plus people of a certain age who were very uncomfortable with that word because for a long time, it was a very brutal slur. Nasty slur. And it was used against us. And I, I remember 
growing up in a time when that was used as an open slur, mm -hmm. I mean, in public. And it was used to either minimalize our existence or, or trivialize the existence of, of queer people mm -hmm. or make fun of it. Mm -hmm. And it left a bad taste, mm -hmm. I think, in the mouths of a lot of people. And I'm seeing something interesting now. I'm seeing something of a renaissance of this conceptualization of queer as a slur. And I'm seeing it mostly from young members of Generation Z and primarily on the internet. I'm seeing quite a bit of it on Tumblr. I'm seeing quite a bit of it on TikTok. This kind of discourse that's risen from the grave has been resurrected saying that queer is a slur. And so we are gonna talk about the reclamation of slurs. And there was one that we were just discussing mm -hmm. before I hit the record button. We took a little break <sighs> to talk about a word that neither of us particularly enjoy. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like, I mean, I said it and, I'll, and I'll say it again. Um, it's the F slur. I'll say it. Fag. Ugh. Yeah. Ah! You should see Dave's face right now. No. Um, that's also a really hard word for me. Yeah. I came of age in the early aughts <laughs> when gay was a slur and fag was reserved for the worst of us. Yeah. Um, the number of times that I got called a dyke. Oh. Truly incredible. And it's hilarious because now I'm almost 30 and I love the whole like conceptualization of dyke. I love the concept of dyke. I love it. And like butch is, I'm super into it, but you know, when you're in third grade mm -hmm. and Chris McWhatever his last name was goes, oh, you're Dyke. Like Fuck you take Chris offense to whatever it. his oh name God. was. Yeah. This is the kid that sat on his own testicle and had to sit on an ice pack for the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, Chris, I remember <laughs> you. So, but it's, it's hard. It's hard to leave that hurt yeah. behind. Mm -hmm. And when I was in my final term of my bachelor's degree, I was in a queer pop culture class and so we were seeking out all of this different pop culture and Todrick Hall came out with his song Fag and came out with the music video for it and I watched it mm -hmm. and I was horribly uncomfortable <laughs> then I watched it again and I was still really uncomfortable and I watched it probably 20 plus times over the next two days wow because I truly believe that the reclamation of a slur is a form of empowerment. Yeah. And that's what I find with queer. Uh, I think the first time I called myself queer, I was in like first or second grade. I mean, I was little. Wow. And I think the reason I gravitated towards it so much was because of the subversive nature mm -hmm. of that identity. I knew I was different and I couldn't pinpoint how, but I knew there was something different about me that I didn't fit. And the word queer felt really good. And then I was told that's a slur, you can't use that. And I didn't reclaim it until college, like early college. And I remember hearing the word queer as a, as a very young person in the 70s, before it was really used as a slur, it was still being used as a replacement for the word weird. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, isn't that queer? Mm -hmm. um, or it was just conversational for such a long time. And so for me to adopt that word queer, every time I use it to describe myself, 
my brain automatically applies the the word weird to that, which mm-hmm. I love. Um, I am absolutely weird. Um, I'm a 52 year old with purple hair, mm-hmm. and society would say that's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. So for me, queer and weird, and 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 all the ways that I sexually and presentationally and everything else in my life, it just fits so well. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the F slur goes, I have heard other gays use that, and they use it very well. They they use it as a, a, a term of endearment for each other, um, and and friendly and greeting and warm and and all of that. But I just can't I can't do it yet. Mm-hmm. I still remember Dire Straits, "Money for Nothing," the song "Money for Nothing." I want my MTV. You remember that song? Mm-hmm. There's a whole verse that talks about that little faggot with the earring and the makeup. Mm-hmm. That little faggot has his own jet airplane. That little faggot is a millionaire. And it is still in that song today. And it just drives me insane. I can't I can't with that song. And I can't with that word. That's one of my favorite movies of all time is SLC Punk. And <laughs> oh. I made our good friend Shannon watch it before she moved to Salt Lake City. And she loved it because it's fabulous. But there is a scene in a party where the lead character kind of grabs someone and like ruffles his feathers a little bit and he goes you know jag he's a fag and it really colored the way i perceived that character he didn't stand a chance of being my favorite character after that not at all um and it's it's interesting because the reclamation of that word comes from a similar place it's very subversive Mm -hmm. it's extremely counterculture to reclaim words like that and the fact that it makes us uncomfortable is a marker that that word deserves some reclamation. Well, you know the um, the the source of that word. A faggot yes. was a bundle of wood, mm-hmm. and when you would burn witches at the stake, you would burn them with a bunch of faggots at the bottom. Well, the homosexuals were burned with them as well. Mm-hmm. However, they weren't worthy to be tied to a stake, so they were just laid down on the bottom with all the rest of the faggots, and that's where that word comes from. Puts me in mind of the word punk, which had its genesis in prison rape culture. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then it was reclaimed by the punks. I love it. As a subversive expression of counterculture. Um, so much of our language is rooted in trauma. Mm-hmm. So much of the language that we use is rooted in trauma. And the word queer, morphing from a synonym for strange into a slur for us, into a reclaimed identity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it grows from that, from that trauma. And I think there's something really beautiful in that. And I think that historically, LGBTQ plus people have suffered so much trauma and so much of the art and the beauty that comes out of queer culture is rooted in that trauma. Um, I mean, Dave, you know this, my senior year of my bachelor's degree, I was doing a thesis that was a series of interviews with mm-hmm. LGBTQ plus elders who survived the American HIV AIDS epidemic. And I'm turning it into a play. And that is a piece of artwork that has risen directly from a huge trauma and a huge insult that was dealt to our family. Yeah. And, you know, angels in America, like so much of what we have is rooted in 
rising from trauma, making something beautiful from trauma. So I will be patient with my queer friends who are still using the F slur (laughs) and realize that they are reclaiming it on our behalf, even Mm -hmm. if it makes my tummy rumble. Exactly. And that's, we had a lot of conversations about that in my queer pop culture class about this makes me uncomfortable, but I understand Mm -hmm. that it's important for you. Yeah. You know, and by the end of the class, we still had people who were like, well, I won't use queer as a designator for myself, but I understand that you identify as queer. That's perfect. If that's where they go and that's the boundary they draw, then that's perfect. Mm Kit. Dave. Read any good books lately? Oh, I'm in the <laughs> middle of a great one. So y'all, I am in two different book clubs uh, because I don't have a social life. And so I read books with other people and that's my social life. And uh, one of my book clubs is reading the Wayfarers series by Becky Chambers. The first one is called The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet. It is a queer, optimistic, futuristic sci-fi novel. It's brilliant. Uh, Zizir pronouns come into it. They, them pronouns come into it. There's, there's a lesbian romance. I mean, it's honestly, it's fabulous. It's so good. It's so, the the reason we started reading it was because we were reading The Expanse by James S.A. Corey. Don't read it. (laughs) And we all hated it so much that we got through the second one. There's like eight of them. We got through the second one and we were like, y'all, two of us said, we're going to quit if we keep reading this series. Like, we can't do this. So somebody recommended Becky Chambers. We finished it and immediately started the second one. And the second one is just as good as the first, just as queer, just as subversive, just as optimistic about a brighter future for humanity. It's really good. I am going to put that on my Audible list because I have about 10 Audible credits right now that I haven't used. Perfect. Awesome. Um, Thank you for another wonderful show, Kit. Thank you. Thanks for hosting. Our listeners, our viewers, our readers. Our readers. um, (laughs) They can all contact us at our website. Twopansinapod.show. We got a question for you for next week's show. We want you to answer this. Ready? Yes. What word, phrase, or action have you reclaimed as a part of your queer life? Or is there something that you are currently working to reclaim that you're struggling with? Leave us a message, twopansinapod.show. You can record a message right on the phone, and it'll be part of next week's show. It's super easy. And you can also use that to just communicate with us. If you have questions for us, if you want to tell me how much you hate my voice, (laughs) twopansinapod.show. Why would you assume such a thing? Leave me some hate mail. I thrive on it. Oh, I see. I thrive on spite. You haven't had enough hatred thrown at you this week. Correct. Okay. Well, we'll see if we can fix that for next week. (laughs) Leo season is coming, baby. This is my co-host, Kit. They use they, them pronouns. You can find them on TikTok at Kit's Always Sunny. This is my co-host, Dave. They use they, he pronouns. You can find them on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at I am Dave Felton. That's it. Thank you so much, Kit. Thank, Thank you, Dave. all of you for listening. Um, you can find us on Spotify right now. We'll be on a few other podcast platforms hopefully soon. Boop, boop. 
two pants in a pod. Did I do that right? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a dying cat. <laughs> <laughs>